The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Media Match. A roundtable of Cowboys insiders. Dropping wisdom. And offering sizzling takes. On the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs. Everybody, it is the Media Mash right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Just, you know the panel. We got Clarence Hill, the Foot War Star Telegram, Meg Sci-Fi, My Fraternity. Got Nick Harris, DallasCowboys.com. Saad Youssef makes his maiden voyage in here. Saad, you can take your credential off. We know, oh. your, we know, we know your credential. <laughs> we know you're legitimate, man. You do not have to explain yourself here. Saad is uh, working for The Athletic. He also covers the Dallas Stars. A man is out here doing many things. I'm Newey Scruggs. I am your host. Make sci-fi's finest. So, all right. Uh, Nick, hit me with the practice report for the Cowboys here. Yeah, so because last week, my goodness gracious, it changed yeah. a whole lot from Wednesday to Friday. Yeah, it's definitely not as bad as it was on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as la- from last week as far as having uh, surprises on there. Uh, I guess any it's quarter- early in the week. Let's let's put, let's put a, let's put a pin in that. Let's, not let's put a put, let's put a pin in that to say you know we didn't know nothing about stuff can, till late. Can you wait till he saying. goes through it, <laughs> sir? Please. We will start with the Nick. Thank you. CD Lamb and Demarcus Lawrence took the day off for a rest reasons um so you know nothing nothing too much to worry about there just did did not practice for rest looking at the three offensive linemen the starters up front that didn't uh, that missed the game on sunday in arizona looking at tyron smith with his knee issue zach martin with his ankle issue and tyler biotis with his hamstring issue all three did not practice today uh chuma Idoga limited <coughs> his elbow injury that he's been battling since uh, the second game against the jets and that's all we got. So uh, no surprises as far as any new additions uh, today, at least. And uh, the three offensive linemen still did not practice. They were off the side uh, with Britt Brown doing rehab work today. So uh, we'll see how they go into the week. All right. So, Saad, since you knew, I'm going to go ahead and throw this one to you first. How do we feel about this offensive line? Uh, you know, I think I think they should get at least one or two of them back, and if they do, I feel a little bit better. Without three of them, without Zach Martin, Biotish, and Tyron Smith, it, it's hard to have a whole lot of confidence. Just because you know we we talked about the offensive line depth being an issue even coming into the season. So this is this is something that you know was anticipated with Tyron. You, you knew at some point it was going to happen. You just hope that it's not too long term. Uh, Zach Martin. That's a situation where after the game, after the Jets game, we talked to him in the locker room, yeah. and and he said he was fine. We he said everything right was good, and, and yeah. he told he told us that he left. Like if, if if the game was competitive, I'd have stayed in, right. there, but he was fine. So yeah, that changed. That yeah. changed. All right. So let me ask this question here because we, we debated this on the players' lounge. If Tyron doesn't go, is Tyler Smith out there at left tackle this week? What what do we think? So yes. it was asked today during yes. the press conference by Brad Sham, uh, is, does Tyler Smith get any other work at a different position this week? And he said, I, I refuse to comment on that. Or he, he said he didn't yes. want to speak on that. So I would say yes. Um, looking at how Chumwe Doga looked at guard a couple of weeks ago when he had to fill in for Tyler Smith, I've always felt like he's a more natural guard anyway. He's got a wide set. He's got those phone booth type hands that just work really well in those close range situations. I really liked what he put together at left guard. I think they're starting to see the same things. Put him at left guard, put Tyler Smith at left tackle and let's see how the situation gets solved moving forward and and that probably would have been the case last week except the Tyler Tyler Smith injury happened on Saturday yeah and, and Tyler hadn't played in a couple of weeks and and so he was practicing all week at guard so you don't make that move but 
you know, going forward, uh, and, you know, Mike McCarthy talked about it the other day, you know, it just depends on how long these guys are going to be out. You know, and it's a, it's a one-week thing, it's a couple-week thing. Looking at – I mean, I don't think I, – I think that just based on practice today, um, with the fact that Zach and Tyler Biotis were at least working on the cords – and we saw no sign of Tyron Smith working on the cords. You know, those guys have a better chance of playing than Tyron. And, and so one reason why <clears> – excuse you me. You going to be okay? You, gonna, you need to take a little break? I got dead already. <laughs> one, one reason why Mike get McCarthy – Get some water. But certainly man. one reason why Mike McCarthy was, was didn't want to answer, obviously competitive reasons, and, you know, he doesn't want to give a game plan away. But there's no question that, you know, the best option is, is Tyler Smith at left, guard, at left tackle and Chuma at left guard. I think also you have to – you have to. You can't be as limited as you were against the Cardinals in terms of what your play sheet is as well. Because Mike McCarthy told us on Monday that he called one seven-step drop and really didn't have the freedom to really do much else in the pass game. And I understand it's a West Coast offense and you're trying to get the ball out quick anyways, and Dak has had that reputation all season. But you want to have the option that, you know, the, the confidence in your offensive line to do more, to open up the playbook. And with Tyler Smith, we've all seen, obviously, he's played left tackle, left guard. I, I, I do think that at some point you also want to have some stability with him in general because it does take a little bit of a difference playing left guard and left tackle I haven't talked to Tyler in particular about this but I do remember talking to Connor Williams about this a few years back when he was here and him, him making that transition from tackle to guard and what he played at Texas and what he played here and he did talk about there's a lot of changes in footwork and body type he didn't really feel comfortable until whole offseason not saying Tyler Smith can't do it and it's kind of what Clarence said it's more about how long are these guys out. But if, if it's a short-term thing, you're a little bit more – left tackle is the most important position on the offensive line. So you're a little bit more uh, prone to put Tyler out there. Did he – and I know we talked about how preparing them better, he should have done that. But how limited was he in his play sheet? Did, did McCarthy talk about that because yeah, – Yes, he, he talked about it. They took things out. you know, and, and certainly they didn't call things. I think that's one of why they called too many runs – down close, you know, and different things like that. So I, I don't know how limited it was, but, you know, and, and to me it's kind of it's an indictment because to say that those guys were not ready to start and they didn't really have them ready to go and had to take the thing on the playbook. But, well, damn, Zach Martin didn't practice all week, you know. I, Tyron was the only late, late addition. Every, well, the other ones. well, 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 be honest, got hurt on Thursday. Right. And they don't practice on Friday. Right. You know, and, and they didn't really know, and I guess they were they were trying to uh, give them a chance to you know on Saturday, but I, I don't know how they weren't ready to go. You know, understanding that you had these injuries and stuff like that, but you know that, that's no excuse going forward. You know, you guys have got to have those guys ready to go, and and I think it's just a it, it's you know they you know after the game we talked about we had so much going on last week. You know, it's like somebody died. Nobody died. Nobody died. Okay, there were not a death in the family. Yes, it's a disappointment that Trayvon Diggs got hurt, and it's a disappointment you had these injuries. And but how could that, you know, that we had so much like it, it was a tough week. We had so much going on. I mean, come on, this is football. Yep. I mean, injuries happen across the league, and you and you act like somebody died and you had to take you know sick leave and you know bereavement leave and you couldn't prepare and that, that's not what happened. I will you know, say that the the three spots that are ailing on the offensive line. If you're ranking them, they're the top three spots that would be 
uh, that, that you would really hurt by missing because left tackle is the most important position. The center, you know, out in Oxnard, I remember talking to McCarthy about this multiple times, um, about just the responsibility that Tyler Biotish has and assessing the pre-snap situation, the protections, all that stuff. And then at right guard, you probably have, I'm not probably, that is your single best offensive lineman. So if you're ranking the three most important, it's probably those three come before your right tackle and your left guard anyways. No, no doubt. And we've talked about it all season. You know, the, the, the weakest link on this team was their depth on the offensive line. You know, it's, it's you know problem across the league, but their offensive line depth was, was a problem. It, you know, it's, it's something that everybody identified. I I told everybody they were blue in the face. You got better backup cornerbacks. They were talking about Trayvon Diggs. You do got backup offensive linemen. Okay. You know, and and so that that's the bigger problem. That was the bigger problem, uh, and, and and something that that you you know again. Prepare, practice, and get the guys ready to go. No right. excuses. So, so Tyler Biotish doesn't play. Um, did they sign Billy Price? Yes. yes. To, the practice, to the practice squad. Because it's a practice squad. Well, again, speaks to uh, another example of you adding another center. That's to me, you don't have a confidence that Tyler Biotis is going to play. And and that was that was my next thing is 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 going into that. Okay, this 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 it says something. That, that yeah, to me it says something. And and Tyler Smith had a cat, uh, hamstring strain. And he was out two weeks. You know, and and and. Tyler Biotis is a hamstring strain. You know, it may be two weeks. Yeah, Brock Hoffman is out of practice squad elevations. So it would it would have had to have been Sean Harlow stepping in at center or somebody who hasn't played center before. So it makes sense going ahead and adding Billy Price if you need him. He's also first-rounder number 14 on this team. <laughs> the 14 former first-round picks on this team now. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely center depth going into the week. So he's a former first-round pick that's on the practice squad. From yeah. Ohio State. That tells us something about his history in the league. 45 starts, 69 career games. Uh, had 11 starts with Arizona last year. Uh, didn't really excel in those opportunities, obviously. But um, he's bounced around practice squad since then. But, but at, least Bengals, right? at least he snapped yeah. the ball before. He's done it in the game. Yeah, he snapped absolutely. the ball in the game before. Yeah, because they were about yeah. to ask you to play center. I heard him. I had a source tell me. Yeah. You want to go do that. That's too old. <laughs> God, I think that's what knew he played in high school, so he, he fit the bill more than me. <laughs> I, I, was say, in the, I was in the backfield, okay? <laughs> I will say, I think offensively speaking, talking about You got black Arizona and white game. photos of it, too. <laughs> eight millimeter. Yeah, they did. They didn't have the forward pass I got, I got eight millimeter. That's right. We ran that thing. <laughs> we ran that thing. We ran that offense. It was a Choo-choo hill over here. It was a Houston Veer. We ran that option. <laughs> I think, Schulenberg, uh, was that the high school? Yes, sir. Schulenberg High School. Is it still around? Oh, I spent I, I, yeah, yeah, it is. I spent some time it's there. State title teams down there, sir. Yep. This man knows. Yep, a little bit. Um, I think offensively speaking. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. <laughs> Why are we show, doing show this? Up, put it up, Chris. Why, why, there we go, Chris. There we go. we doing this? Wait, people just keep stuff in their phone about you. <laughs> Look at the hairline. See, <laughs> this like a high say, school. Say, right Line, baby. Getting away from oh it. What you, what you see that meme mug, boy? That meme yeah, mug. That, that's crazy. <laughs> you see that meme If mug. I see that coming downhill, I'm moving. <laughs> that meme mug, baby. Fofo fo, fo speed. <laughs> yeah, you see that meme mug. What you looking at, man? Stop yeah, it. We're going to go to break. Okay, okay we'll, just, we'll just go to break right on that. More. Hey, man, we got a quarterback. We got a high school quarterback right here. More. Here we have. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. 
Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from Smoothie King. And woo, me too. These smoothie bowls start with acai and pitaya and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. To kick off the 2023 NFL season, Hugo Boss teamed up with the NFL and Micah Parsons to launch an iconic apparel collection. Featuring hoodies, crews, t-shirts, polos, joggers, and more, the bold, unique apparel of the Boss NFL collection unites football and fashion while reflecting what it truly means to be a boss. Get yours today at nflshop.com slash Hugo Boss, at hugoboss.com, and at Boss Retail Stores. Hashtag be your own boss. We got big personalities. We got big hair, big belt buckles. We got fans all across this big state and enemies in every other one. We even got a big star on the 50-yard line. Smirnoff knows football is a wee thing, an experience that is best enjoyed together. With good drinks and good folks home or away, we rally together. We cry together, and we always rally cry together because, most of all, we got big love for them boys. Smirnoff, we do game days. Please drink responsibly. Back, 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 back to back. Media Mash. <laughs> Media Mash! <laughs> <laughs> we do it on Tuesday. I mean Wednesdays and Thursdays. Right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. I'm your host, Newey Scruggs. Nick Harris, DallasCowboys.com. Shot side Yousef of the Athletic. And then we got Clarence Hill Footwork Star Telegram. All right, gentlemen. The Patriots have won six of the last seven against the Cowboys. Sound, I bring this sound up. familiar. Yes, I bring this up because last week we came into it saying how the Cardinals had won six, won six of the last seven against the Cowboys, and nobody gave the Cardinals a little chance at all. Next thing you know, they won. Oh, hi, Clarence. Go ahead. Well, the difference is that the, the unique thing about the Cardinals' dominance, it was, it was with Tony Romo, it was with Dak Prescott, it was with all these different quarterbacks. The Patriots' dominance was Tom Brady yeah, and Tom Brady alone. And the last win they had was the Cowboys. The last matchup the Cowboys won, obviously minus Tom Brady. So I think they're in the, the devil is in the details. So, so that's all I'm saying. So, as I was saying this, Nick and Todd, that was going to be the ender <laughs> of what I wanted to say. But no, no, I got something to say. <laughs> I'm just okay. trying to. I'm just trying to no, get the people no, to write no, content. I'm, content. I'm going to. I got to get the people to content. I, I got a whole, pod, whole podcast we just did on the plays. I did the same thing. So you know, it's like telling the same thing. Yeah, get they, ready to say. Yeah, they, no, but they don't, go, do the, they don't do the homework take, though. They, they don't. They don't know. The the, they don't do the homework like like we do. My gosh, golly, jeez. <laughs> Love you. Yes. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, no, you don't. There's no love. Love your linen shirt. Terrible frat brother. That pink. Terrible. Is that pink or salmon? Terrible. I don't know. <laughs> that's not salmon. It's not salmon. I don't think it's is that salmon. pink? I think it's magenta. Magenta. That's yeah. what it is. 
Maybe I just it's made that coral. up. I made that up. Coral. That's coral. That's it. That's it. That's coral. it. That's good. Coral. By the way, the name nice. is Coral. Nice yeah. coral linen shirt. Nice. Yes, it is a uh, untuck it. <laughs> it's five letter words. Untuck it shirt. I'm sorry. Continue on. I, I got nothing for you other than um, Stefan Gilmore spoke in the locker room today. What did he have to say? Yeah, I mean, he he praised he praised just Belichick's preparation a lot. Was talking about how you know it's it's something that he has a great deal of respect for. Obviously, he spent five years there, so he knows how that whole system operates. But um, you know, I, I think the way that he spoke is is something that you know he was there, so you want to hear more from him. But there's this thing of having respect for an opponent, but not bowing down to them, not being not being too respectful of them. And I think Stefan Gilmore has that perspective. He's been around. He's He's been in all those big moments. And that's kind of what he was talking about, where, you know, Belichick is a great coach. And as he said, one of the greatest coaches of all time. But come Sunday, that, you know, that goes out the window. You got to you got to get the W. Gilmore, according to one media member. looks slow. It's not me. It's what media member said that he looked slow in the Jets game. And then this game happened. And so they kind of double, hey, he's, he's not that guy. What's your opinion of Gilmore at this point in his career? One of the oldest corners in the game. I mean, I think Gilmore's still effective. Obviously, he can't run like he used to. And, and I know when, you know, we, when I talked to I asked the coaches about could he still run, and they said that, you know, obviously he was going to use leverage and different things to – uh, to make up for that, but he's still savvy. Uh, he still can reroute guys. He still knows what routes guys are running. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, it's it's funny to me because uh, I, I know that media member was talking to him. We've been debating, and he he, he he's an extreme extremist. You know, you can't give up nothing. If you're good, you can't give up no plays. You know, like the best players, you can't give up a catch. You know, and stuff like that. So hey, I, I, I take his commentary with a grain of salt. Uh, but he's, you know, he gave up some plays uh, against the Cardinals, you know, and, and so w- without Diggs, you need him to lock down. But he's not going. to – I mean, the, the big play against the Jets. I mean, the safety got to make the tackle. I mean, he's not running with Garrett Wilson. He's one of the best receivers in the game. You make the tackle, it's it's, it's not the play that it was. But uh, you know, you need him to to be better. And I I think the one thing I asked McCarthy about uh, last year, Bland played mostly on the left side. You know, I think he's more comfortable on the left side. You know, and, and because the injury happened on Thursday, they didn't really move things around. But there's a chance that Gilmore could play right corner and bland left corner, you know, going forward. You know, Gilmore's been the left corner with, with, with Diggs at right corner. So you can look at some of that and, and see some of that. Stay with me there because it's something we chatted about on the players' lines, get everybody's thoughts on it. Does Gil, should Gilmore travel? Yes, absolutely, especially with uh, Diggs being out. I mean, if Travel with sense. who? A travel, it depends on the uh, on the uh, right. On Sunday, no. The, yeah, the, on Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, no. no. They don't have anybody not. to travel but with. Like, that, when they go play Philly, and there's multiple weapons, and you need to be able to account why, for different type of skill sets I, and physical body traits, and yeah, but Philly, the Philly got two number ones. Who are you gonna travel with? I, I'm sorry, Philly has two number ones. You gonna travel AJ with Brown? Brown? He's gonna travel with Brown. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, you so, you, you Brown see that. has that big physical skill set. You yeah. want Gilmore to be able to match up with him no matter yeah, where he's yeah. at, whether so, it be outside, inside, whatever. I think yeah. it's a page out of Belichick's book of, you know, he takes away your top weapon, your number one guy. And I think Gilmore's the guy who, you know, you can travel, you can have him travel. But like you said, with in Philadelphia, that's different because they have two number ones and a quarterback who is extremely talented yeah. in, in multiple facets. But uh, generally speaking, I think you use Gilmore as the guy to wipe out your – 
your top weapon, and then and then you can you have so much talent the rest of your defense to to operate well, the rest. Well, two things. First of all, why are y'all talking about future stuff? This week, I mean, y'all need to focus on you that players now. They need y'all to hone in. Number one, he's not traveling this week. There's no reason for him to travel against the Patriots. That should not even be a conversation piece man, man. In, in, in this week's leading up to this week's game. I'm just, I'm just telling y'all, y'all need to pump the brakes on that players' lounge. I mean, why are we talking about that? Furthermore, as good as Gilmore is, he's not slay and digs at this point in his career. You know, I don't know if he travels. I don't know if you, you know, there's there's no guarantee. Yes, he's still the best corner, most experienced cornerback. But I don't know if you need him to travel because he's not like he's going to lock them down like he did when he was younger. Which, ironically, was my feeling. He's not a younger corner. Mm -hmm. Diggs is a young guy, really still hasn't even hit his prime yet, so you can ask him to do that. But then also the other thing comes with when you talk about, well, you want someone to travel, well, who's the other other corner? Can the, can the other yeah. corner not? So there, it, it's it's... And the only reason you travel, guys, is because he's special. You don't just travel your best corner. You travel the corner that's supposed to be special, you know. And, and I don't know if he's special athletically as a corner at this point in his career. It would well, have to the be, other, the other thing also is if you do tra- if he does travel and they bring him in the slot, I mean, you're already down one outside corner anyways. So, I mean, at that point, well, like you know, how what would even be the extent of him traveling? Because then who you got Bland on the outside on one side. If if the other team brings Gilmore in the slot, then what's happening on the other side? I mean, I mean, you're manning up all around, and that just be Jordan Lewis plays plays other receiver wherever he is. I mean, but but the bottom line is that's not going to be the case this week. Let's let's focus on what's happening right now. Let's this go to the game. game. New England, 157 yards against the Jets. Talked to Neville Gallimore. I also talked to Osa Digizua while you were standing over there conversing with C.D. Lamb the entire time. Um, I decided to engage with defensive tackles. These guys said that they looked at the film. Gallimore specifically said we had too many guys trying to make big plays. Just, just do your part there. I don't know if it was just the common just – Let's just say these generic things, but they did seem that they learned from the film. They'll be okay, and they won't make these same mistakes this week. Your thoughts? Uh, just on the run game, I think they got out out physical uh, on Sunday uh, with the offensive line up front. Obviously, um, Arizona had a lot of good pull schemes that Dallas hadn't really seen yet, and they've struggled with in the past. And uh, Jonathan Gannon threw those right back in their face and said, "Prove that you've had this fixed." And they didn't get have it fixed. Uh, and, and then I think the second level is just as responsible as the defensive tackle position and the run game being as successful as it was in the first half last week for Arizona. I mean, the second level was not generating anything uh, whenever they were getting into the second level, the offensive lineman, and they were throwing off their defensive tackle matchup and then getting right to Leighton Van Der Esch or right to Damone Clark or right to Marquise Bell even and lanes were just opened up all the way through they talked about six explosive plays that they had on the ground uh, f- from Arizona Dan Quinn talked about that on Monday on four of them offensive linemen were getting to the second level uh, and explosive plays being 15 or more yards on the ground so um, you know that's that's got to be a big point of emphasis not only on the defensive front to keep your guy home but also on the second level we're realizing where that guy is coming in from the second level and making sure you're getting around him I also think Micah, you know, after the Jets game, he, you know, he had a quote. He said, uh, when we come out and set the tone that you won't run on us and then we go get our sacks. Now, that's what changes everything. And and then he and then he went on to say uh, to all the teams with them game plans, come on, run at me, run at whoever. Um, and, and the Cardinals certainly did. But yeah. but 
I, I think what that quote also tells me is this is a defense in general that loves to rush the passer. But you have to look at rushing the passer as a reward for stopping the run. you got to do that first and put the other team into passing situations, which they did a great job of in the first two weeks. And then I think you're able to you know pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. But unless you first stop the run, you're, you don't have the opportunity to do that in the, in the way that Micah, Demarcus Lawrence, and Sam Williams and all these guys would like to. Let, let, let's, let's, let's be honest. They was too big for their britches. They were full of themselves. And they thought they, you know, was, you know, they were already talking about being a great defense and championship defenses. And one thing I said, championship defenses travel. You know, they travel. That you know, you want to be the Ravens. The Ravens traveled every week. They didn't put up a performance like that. You know, and it's one thing that you know, uh, Curse talked about. You know, we, we have to. We want to be great. We we got to do that. So you know, he he said he wasn't great. He didn't have his best game. You know, they talked. He and Michael both talked about their first run, and and Michael's like, well, I thought he was gonna gonna give it because you know, you the quarterbacks in the zone read, they give it the first time. That's what Dobbs does. Dobbs is a running quarterback. Yeah, you, you played you, against him back in, in, in Why uh, would you assume he's going to give it? In, I mean, the, the thing that hurts you most is the quarterback runs. And then, you know, and so he, so he, that, that was on Micah, you know, and, and, and you talk about, and everybody, you know, it's, it's funny because everybody wants to talk about defensive tackles run game. Most of the runs they had were edge runs. The edge run. They weren't edge. They wasn't. They wasn't right up the middle. It wasn't. It was the edge. And it Micah was, talked today. Yeah. That was the play that he regretted the most with yes. that first run. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, it was edge runs. You know that they gave up, and and the linebackers did not have a good game. Did not. Neither one of them. And, and I think that's the weak link on this defense. We talk about the great players on this defense, and we, you know, especially when they had Diggs there, you had greatness in secondary, and you had great players and at, at safety, and and certainly you had. The great defense line, but certainly you know, you know, Pro Bowl caliber and and our Pro caliber and and and, and Micah and D Law, and D Law had a very good game, uh, but the linebackers they're average at best, you know, and and and, and they did not have a good game uh, Sunday, but it, it it takes all of them. But if you're going to be great, and the problem is they talk a lot about being great and being a Super Bowl champion defense and. You know, this, this, if this team is going to win, it's going to be led by the defense. And, you know, everybody – I know Dak gets all the credit, but – and, and I, that's how I, I keep telling people. The basis of Philadelphia and 49 success has been their defense. Trenches, dude. And their both, lines. Both, both, both lines, trenches, their, yes. Yes, their defense and their lines. That's been – not their quarterback. I mean, the 49ers got the, the NFC Championship game the past two years, Garoppolo and Purdy. You know, and, and you could say we love Purdy, he's doing great, but Garoppolo, you, you see what he's doing now when, he, when he's outside of that system and that, that makes life easy for the quarterback. You know, he he, he looks awful in, in with the Raiders right now. He's leading the league in interceptions, you know, and, and things like that. And and, and I, I, I venture to guess you put Purdy in a similar situation, everybody won't be whistling Dixie about how great he is either, you know. But that, that defense has set things up. And if the Cowboys are going to win and beat some, this defense – which Mike McCarthy time we got a great defense trying to protect my damn defense, run the ball, protect my damn defense. They got to show up. There's no excuse for what they did and against the Cardinals. None. Exactly. I know it's early in the season. No excuse. Ate the cheese? Yes, they ate the cheese. There's no question about that. 
it was kind of the perfect storm too because I, I think this offense was definitely hoping that the defense would set the tone as they did the first two games and help get out to a lead and then it was Arizona who was able to get out to a lead and the way the offense was constructed on Sunday it was not constructed to be able to come back from a big deficit right. it's quick quick action it took them six and a half minutes to get down the field and the red zone issues you can just take that completely out of it just the fact that they had to take that long to get down the field and, you're not going to be able to win a game and, like and, that and again or come and, back into and, 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 and when what's unforgivable and it's unforgivable and unconscionable it's after you gave up the runs after you gave up the runs and the offense got back in made it 15 to 10 then you let them get scored before they have twice you know and then after you get back close again in the second half you give up the 69 yard pass you know so we we woken up you you got my attention now we then you give up then you you just don't ever put the screws like you should it's frustrating that should not happen if you're great if you're a championship defense that doesn't happen who do you put that on? I put it on whoever the defensive leader is on the field. Uh, whoever that they consider to be their guy whenever they're on the field and having that communication. At 11? That, it starts 11. with 11. It starts with 11. Okay. You know, not having seven on the field, I know that's a big part of it, but, you know, you got to be able to adjust to that. And well, seven Curtis, was not the, the cornerbacks. Yeah, 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 I'm not saying he The was. passing game, they did not want to throw the ball. They threw the ball yeah, when I'm the guy was wide that. open because they blew the bus. For me, it's 11, 55, and, and 90. It's I mean, those, and those are It's 11. Yeah. 90 played well. Right, but I'm saying in terms of the leaders, those are the three. We're talking about vocally. But, again, 11 set the tone when he gave up the 44-yard run for the second play of the game. And they were on their heels for the rest of the game, on their heels. You know, and then you get the Dobbs run, you know, and you got 55 chasing and cursing. He admitted he did not have a good game. He said, I was awful. It, was, it is I a mean, that Rondale Moore run was That's just – That's what I'm talking about. Can't go untouched like that right up the yeah. middle. It is a wild point to think that they were missing Trayvon Diggs on the left side and three offensive linemen up front. And it's hard to look at either of those things and say that's the reason that they lost the game. I don't think it is. I don't think either of those reasons are the reasons they lost that game. And no, it's, it's and, and the penalties, it's, it's, it's one thing, you know, I, 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 the Cowboys need to stop complaining about penalties. Stop complaining about penalties. The penalties did not cost you that game. You did not play well. Yep. That's what cost you the game. But after the game, we got to play against the refs. No, you beat yourselves. You know, they need to stop complaining about penalties. And I love Dak Prescott, but – he, Let, let's hold that one. I got one for you. Hold okay. that one. Okay. Hold that one right there. <laughs> when we come back, we'll dive into the quarterback. We've kind of waited for, the, for this till the end. Tap Prescott, not happy with Clarence, but we'll dive into that too. He is <laughs> Nick Harris, Side Youssef, Clarence on New Scruggs. This is the Media Mash on DallasCowboys.com Radio. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the Playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code COWBOYSVIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code COWBOYSVIP. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. 
What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. To kick off the 2023 NFL season, Hugo Boss teamed up with the NFL and Micah Parsons to launch an iconic apparel collection featuring hoodies, crews, t-shirts, polos, joggers, and more. The bold, unique apparel of the Boss NFL collection unites football and fashion while reflecting what it truly means to be a boss. Get yours today at nflshop.com slash Hugo Boss, at hugoboss.com, and at Boss Retail Stores. Hashtag be your own boss. We got big personalities. We got big hair, big belt buckles. We got fans all across this big state and enemies in every other one. We even got a big star on the 50-yard line. Smirnoff knows football is a wee thing, an experience that is best enjoyed together. With good drinks and good folks home or away, we rally together. We cry together, and we always rally cry together because, most of all, we got big love for them boys. Smirnoff, we do game days. Please drink responsibly. Back Back, back, to Media Mash. Media Mash, where we talk to media members here who cover the Dallas Cowboys and get their insights into things. Nick Harris, DallasCowboys.com. Saad Youssef of The Athletic, Clarence Hill of The Fort Worth Star-Telegram. I am Newey Scruggs. Uh, Before we get into Dak Prescott, Mozzie Smith talking these days? Because I have not seen Mozzie the last couple times I've gone into the locker room. No, I haven't seen him. Mozzie has not really talked since he's been here. Since he was that, in there today. Since that opening press conference. He's, and he's a yeah. bad – but he doesn't – he'll sit there and talk, but he answer your questions. It's like, what's, what's the point at this point? Okay. Am I right? No, you're no. not wrong at all. <laughs> no, I, and honestly, I think I, I honestly don't know that we have too much to talk about with him at this point right no, now. We do. He's, he's the first round pick. Yeah, okay. Right. That, that's not starting. Yeah. And run defense gave up 181 yards in the first half, 220. I mean, that's that's why he was brought here. It was a big, the Cowboys, Jared, they drafted for need to fix the run issues. He was the pick they made. They could have drafted Joe Bergeron. They could have drafted some tight ends, whatever else that, that could help this team. They chose him because it was the biggest need. And what? No results so far. I will say Matthew Bergeron has not been that much better. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm yeah, just saying yeah, that's, who, that's who they picked. I'm just yeah. saying, though, you know, and we don't know how what he would look like on this line of Tyler's left tackle. He's at guard and center. I mean, you know, you don't know. But – so he should be talking. It's interesting because we basically on game days you forget about him. You forget about Mozzie Smith, and, and that's when's the last time you've forgotten about a Dallas Cowboy first round pick in the games where you just yeah. not thinking about. No, it. And, I, and I and when I look at the defense line, I, I think the the tackles are the worst part of the defense. Line. I know Osa's having a great year. And and he's he's played well, but look at you know, but there's no one else that's like showing up. That you know, in in the Eagles' defense, they got three monsters yeah. in the middle of that defense. So stay there. The thought process I had when they took Mozzie Smith, that Mozzie would be good enough to be boom right there, and then Osa next to him. Right. And we're not seeing that at all. And so, three games in, I said, "Oh yeah, they did draft Mozzie Smith." So. I asked because I was in the locker room, talked to two defensive tackles. I didn't see him there, but I, I didn't say the whole time. So that's what I was wondering. All right, Clarence, you had something to say about the quarterback? Well, it, not, it, 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 we could talk about the quarterback, but just the attitude. You know, after the game, you know, I asked because I had talked to Mike and talked to Marcus, and they said basically this could have been a wake up call, you know, and, and or, or it was a needed wake up call, and they was you know feeling too good about themselves, and you know those are things that came out of their mouths. 
And I asked Dak about it, and he said, no, you know, it's the, I know the media's happy. You know, that we lost. And that's the make sure media, that's on y'all. Y'all the one who blew us up. You, you know, put us on the pedestal. Put us on the pedestal, and y'all happy. And I'm like, first of all, as Bill Parcells said, being with the Cowboys is the big room, okay? The big tent. The big tent. It's, it's like Vegas. You play in the big room in Vegas. I mean, that's part of it. You know, but but just piggybacking on we cannot have this persecution complex. We cannot have woe is me, everybody's picking on me, there's with scrutiny. The That's part victim. that come, we can't have this victim mentality uh as a member of the Cowboys. Learn how to win. You know, this predates you. This was Roger and them started America's team and, and Troy and them had to go through this. They won. Tony had to go through this. You know, this whole crying about the refs and crying about the media's rooting against us. Stop it. Stop it. No one cares. You know, we, you know, your issue, this issue, I've been, listen, I've been covering this team since they haven't won. Since 1997. Now, you know, four playoff wins on my ledger covering this team. They don't know what it takes to be champions. That's that's been they've had great players. We can talk about you know go back to 2007, 13 and three. Let the Giants come and steal their you know championship. You know they've had great players. They've had great teams. Okay. They don't know what it takes to be champions. And 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 one thing I know doesn't take to be champions having this persecution complex, has victim mentality, complaining about the refs, complaining about you know the media is rooting against us. That's not going to get you no titles. And I, I think I think you're right about also complaining about the refs too, and, yeah, and because you know, like the like the Gallup call, we all we all I think agree that's a pass interference, you know, yeah. for sure. But you know, when yeah, they Mike, got bad calls, but that's part right, right. of it. I mean, but boy, what you don't always hear, you won't any any time hear that Michael Parsons sack on third down, Sam Williams was offsides. I mean, yeah. You don't hear about that because, you know, like, like you're, you're only going to hear one side of that when it's coming from a specific locker room. I mean, you go – and this is not true just for the Cowboys. This is true any team. And so that's why you can't have this whole referee thing because, uh, you know, the other thing is that, that always, you know, amuses me is when a team like the Cowboys, for example, a big market team – if if there was any kind of slant, they'd be slanting in favor of you, if anything. These things just happen. Like missed calls happen. And so um I agree. I, I think, you know, that can't always be uh that can't be the call. You know, and, and so getting back to the quarterback, I think Dak played well. He had one egregiously bad throw, a bad decision, you know, the last one. I I think Michael Parsons didn't give him another op- enough opportunities down close. They ran. He admits he ran too much in the red zone. But outside of that, though, yes, you could say, you know, the Gallup throw, he could have thrown a deal. That should have been a flag. Most underthrown balls get flags. I mean, it's like, he was underthrown. So what? I mean, the 80% of interference calls come on underthrown balls. That's why, you know, it's like because the receiver's flailing and he runs right into the guy because he's coming back to the ball. So that shouldn't have anything to do with it. It should have been a first down at the one. You know, and then, you know, you, you certainly call it something different. But he played well in that game up until that, that last throw. And, again, you're down double digits. You know, you know you're know, you asking, your, your, you know, again, that's not the reason they lost. They lost because they didn't take care of business on defense uh, and, and the penalties. But outside of that throw, I thought he played fine. You know, and but, again, you, even if you get that throw, there's no guarantee you win that game because you still got to stop him. You still got to come and get another score. But uh, – the red zone offense, 
as I've said and I've tweeted and I've talked about, you can't throw to a 5A guy in the middle of the field. And I don't think they're going to do that again. This my conversation today. They're not going to make that, you know, you know they he they would throw that play again. They're not going to do it to a five eight receiver. That's and and where I slightly disagree with what you said is you said the defense was the reason they lost. To me, the red zone offense is equally as culpable. You cannot get down there inside the not just in the red zone inside the ten yard line three time three or four times and come away with whatever three or six points it just it just can't happen and you know they they've failed at nine red zone drives this this season and seven of them were inside the 10 yard line so it, you know and Dan Quinn talked about this with us on Monday where there's higher in the red zone lower in the red zone and there's a difference in how you know defenses play that how offenses play it the closer they get to the goal line the worse it gets for them and and you know if you go back and watch the game and I and you know watching the all 22 you see to your point about how the the way that Dak played if you look at the entire thing Dak doesn't have anywhere to go with the ball nobody's open like what what is he supposed to do and so for me that comes back to play calling and it comes back to the receivers getting open all that stuff I put more to blame than Dak because looking at that there's just no the interception at best, you're throwing a flag route to CD. The fourth and four that he threw into the dirt, no one's open on that play either. I don't, I don't know what he's supposed so to do. So, looking there. at what you said, just go into the second half, where your first possession, you get down to the Arizona eight in the second half, and you kick the field goal. Your next, I think they should have kicked on that fourth and four. That's a whole different game. You know, if you kick the field goal. And it's and then you're you know it's it's a different. They made it tougher on themselves by yes, you should have gone for it. I understand you want to score a touchdown, but if you kick the field goal, there's a whole different game. Yeah, you got to get the points there. So the second drive in the second half, they get it down to the Arizona four. That's when they they end up going uh, uh, on downs, went forward, lost. Then the third one, you got to the Arizona eight-yard line, Mm -hmm. and that's a field goal. And then your last possession, because you only had four in the second half offensive possessions, you get to the Arizona six, Mm -hmm. and it's an interception. So if you can get yourself a 50% conversion – and, right and, there, it's a totally different I mean, game. Yeah, yeah, and you put more pressure. And, and I'm not saying I'm not absolving the red zone offense. I'm just saying that the best part of this team is defense. Mm-hmm. There's no way Arizona's without a turnover that leading to a score, they they should not be scoring 28 points on you. They should not be scoring 28 points on that defense. If, right. if that defense is who they I say they are, that. and you can kick five field goals and win that game, you know. So that, that's what I'm saying. But they have to improve the red zone. There's no question about that. Uh, again, Mike McCarthy didn't give give Dak and offense enough opportunities to throw down here, there. But uh, but as, as you and to your point about people being open, that's something I t- I walked out with the offense coordinator, and they say, yeah, we have the guys in the red zone. We have the guys that make it work if you scheme it up right. So, what they don't have is a mismatch down close. They don't have a Des Bryant. They have a Mike Williams. They don't have a Gronk. And you go back, and somebody put it up on Twitter the other day, that red zone touchdowns, um, CD, I mean, uh, Amari Cooper still has more red zone touchdowns in the Cowboys uniform than any Cowboys receiver since 2021. Is there any issue at all that Dak Prescott has not hit a wide receiver for a touchdown since the Tampa Bay playoff game? 
Yeah, I think it goes hand-in-hand hand with what the play calling is inside the 20. I mean, when you're running mesh at the 17-yard line, it's kind of tough to get into the end zone in that, in that sense just because everything's much more in close quarters. You need to see a little bit more variance in that situation, and I think that uh, that goes hand-in-hand hand with getting the ball into the hands of the receivers. I mean, it makes sense. Think about the guys who have had receiving touchdowns so far. It's tight ends, guys that are in those seams that are able to make things work right there. It's running backs that are coming out of the backfield and being able to use their athleticism out in space, whereas these receivers, they're just coming into the middle of the field, and it's jogging out. Or log jamming everything up, and you can't get the ball to him. So and we, it's 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 an interesting conundrum. They're thirteen for twenty eight. Dak Prescott in the red zone since the start of this. And, and, and what's also true is everybody was all excited about Ferg shot, Denise tight end, the young tight ends. They're just guys. They're great run blockers, but they're not big receiving threats. Uh, I like what Ferguson has put together early in the season. I'm not saying that he's, 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 he's caught like some pro, balls, yeah. he's made some balls, but he ain't no I'm threat. I'm not saying he's a pro bowler by any means. Yeah, I'm saying. He's I'm looked saying, good. He's looked good. He, There's he always, potential there. I, th- I think also we also should know that Dak Prescott historically is a very good red zone quarterback. Like yeah. his, his completion percentage is up there with literally Brady and, and you know, those guys. So he is historically been very good, which is where I come back to the coaches. When you lose Dalton Schultz, when you lose Ezekiel Elliott, I'm not saying those guys in particular is what you need to be successful, but you need to – now you have Deuce Vaughn and Kevontae Turpin I, I, or whatever. Dal- Dalton Schultz, I'm sorry. Well, but here – so He's here, a better but, red zone but, threat than these tight ends they have now. And, and, and he caught a lot of red zone touchdowns from Dak Prescott. And, and here's the thing with Last Schultz as well, Lots though. of red zone touchdowns. Schultz didn't really burst onto the scene until his third year in 2020. These things take time for you to develop into that. Jake Ferguson might get there someday, but he's not there right now. And so if he's not, you got you as a coaching staff, you have to alter your game plan. Maybe now you, when you had Des Bryant, the fade is a lot more in your playbook. Well, now you have Deuce Vaughn and Turpin and, and Pollard and all these guys. Get these guys the ball in space and let them work. So they should have drafted San Laporte over Mozzie Gotcha. <laughs> I, I hear you, Saad. I hear you, Saad. All right, that's the show today. Thank you, Clarence Hill. Thank you, Saad Youssef. Nick Harris, I appreciate you. I'm New Resource Media Mash right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!